Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. Today we hear from Hannah Gutenberger of Diamond McNabb Ranch Horses. Hannah talks about how the Diamond McNabb partnership started, what it has become, Diamond McNabb's breeding and training program, their annual summer sale, and life on the ranch. It sounds like heaven to me. Here we go with Hannah. Well, Hannah, the first thing that I would like to do is learn a little bit more about the Diamond McNabb ranches and the history. You gave me a little preface in our emailing back and forth, and I really did enjoy that. Would you mind talking a little bit about both your ranches there? Yeah, so Diamond McNabb is a partnership between Ken McNabb Horsemanship, which is based out of Powell, Wyoming, and Diamond Land and Livestock, which is based out of Douglas, Wyoming. The two ranches are about five hours apart or so. And Diamond Land and Livestock, which is where I work, is also the host for the sale in Diamond Land livestock is the Powderhorn Ranch and the Tomahawk Ranch. So the Powderhorn Ranch is where the arena is where we actually host the sale. It's also the horse headquarters basically for Diamond McNabb and for the Diamond Land and Livestock Breeding Program. So the partnership was begun almost 11 years ago now and the beginnings were kind of funny. We were taking a pack trip with Ken McNabb who had become a friend of ours up into the Beartooth Mountains outside of Cody, Wyoming and we were on top of the mountain at a about 10,000 feet elevation in July and it was freezing and it rained and hailed on us most <laughs> of the trip. Well, and then we were stranded in the cook tent where the stove was and sitting in there we asked Ken, what is your lifelong dream? What is something that you've dreamed of but you're still in the process of making it happen? And he said, well, what I really want to do is have a horse sale. And we said, oh really? What would a horse sale entail? So that conversation went on of course for many hours and when we came down off of the mountain, continued for several months months and we decided a partnership between a working cattle ranch like Diamond Land and Livestock was an ideal partner for Ken McNabb Horsemanship to pair up and bring horses that real people would want to use, both ranchers and trail riders and people from all walks of the horse life. Well, and that's what we just always loved about, you know, we got your little booklet of the sale horses and then we'd go on and watch the videos and they just looked like horses, like you said, that you could go on and ride. You got horses that you can just use and work with and it would be your teammate. Yeah, absolutely. That's been our main focus with the horse training program has been to produce a horse that is as versatile as we can make one, one that will go on to do all of the ranch work if that's what you do. But there are plenty of people who do many, many other things with their horses. And so to have an individual horse that is basically prepared to step into any walk and some horses that we've sold have gone on to be hunter jumpers. Some horses, <laughs> have actually quite a few of them have gone on to be fox hunters. And of course, lots of horses go on to be trail horses or ranch horses. But it's fascinating to see with a solid basic foundation what they can go on to do. Can you tell me a little bit, Hannah, about what you ladies and gentlemen probably there do to create that basic foundation? Yeah, the main thing that we try to focus on in our training program is, first of all, using our horses. Because on a working cattle ranch, you have the opportunity to do that in a way that most trail riders don't have an opportunity to do. These horses really are our working partners, so we depend upon them to get our job done. And if they don't hold up their end of the partnership, then our job is not going to get done. But when a horse kind of comes to realize that his job is a job and it's not an option and it's not, <laughs> would you please, but we're actually accomplishing something here as a team, it really can turn their whole mindset around. And it's been amazing to watch various different individual horses just completely change when they become a working partner. So to first start with that working partner mindset, obviously we do 
a lot of outdoor riding here. During the summer, we're gathering mountain pasture, keeping an eye on our cows. Some are up on the mountain. And then in the fall, we have to gather those same pastures and bring them down to the lower ground where we can keep a better eye on them through the rest of the year. So that entails hours and hours of just riding big country, giving them lots of time to air out their brains <laughs> outside in the great outdoors and learn to handle their feet in all types of terrain, learn to ride with other horses or learn to ride off by themselves, learn to be able to deal with dogs. We have dogs out with us and just buckle down and go to work. And then paired with that, we, of course, have a training program where we then bring them into the arena and work on more specific training items. Of course, the very common one is a softness, bending at the pole, being supple. But then also we try to put as many of the basic buttons on them as possible. We try to make sure every horse has a really good consistent stop, has a really good neck ring, has good steering, stop and back up, side pass, be able to get gate open, both leads. Those are all basic things, but it does take a lot of time and practice and repetition, repetition, repetition to get them to where anyone can climb into the saddle and say, be able to lean over and get a gate. So the time outside is paired with the time inside. And I think it's the combination of the two, which is kind of unique to our situation since we have the ability to do both. I think that's really what gives them the solid foundation. That sounds about right. You know, not everybody has the opportunity to have the big acres to ride around in or, like you said, the arena time as well. And so your horses come prepared with experience from both. How many teammates do you have in this training program? It sounds like I know you guys come to the auction with a great number of excellent horses. Um, that sounds like it would take hours upon hours. Do you have a pretty big team working with you? So the, our team, of course, is divided up into three separate groups of people who bring horses to the sale. Of course, there's a Ken McNabb and his wife, Dee Dee, and their two sons, Kurt and Trent, and they all ride horses for the sale. And then usually Ken has a couple of riders and trainers that ride for him as well. So his crew will be him and his family, plus maybe four other people. And each of those individuals will bring three or four horses apiece. So that adds up to quite a few. And then on Diamond Land and Livestock, our crew really varies a lot. We have, up until this year, had an internship program. And interns from literally coast to coast in the United States come and spend a year here learning to train horses, learning to be better riders, learning to work on a ranch. And for a lot of them, it's on their bucket list of things that they want to try. As a young person, most of them have just graduated high school or maybe are just graduating college. And they spend a year here under the guidance of some of our more senior trainers training horses. So the number of horses, the number of team members that we have here on Diamond Land and Livestock really varies a lot year by year, depending upon how many interns we have. This last year, we actually made a little bit of a change. And at least for the time being, we dropped our intern program. So now we have three full-time trainers that work here on the ranch. And then we have several trainers that work part-time in the cattle and equipment and farming and part-time riding and training horses. So it definitely takes a village to get all of those horses to the sale. But we've put together a team that we're really, really year by year can become more and more consistent in what we produce. And we're really proud of that. And of course, the third group of people who bring horses for the sale are our consigners. And our group of consigners is a very select group. We have lots and lots of people ask us over the course of the year if we would have a spot for them to consign their horse in our sale. And basically, I kind of just laugh and tell them, in order to make room for another consigner, you either need to marry into the family or there needs to be a death. Because our <laughs> 
consignor group is what it has been for quite a few years now. Our consignors bring, honestly, better and better horses each year as we get more and more familiar with our audience, with what people are wanting and needing in their horses. And so that group, the group of consignors, brings about a third of the horses to the sale. And then Ken McNabb Horsemanship brings about a third, and Diamond Land and Livestock brings about a third. Okay. Yes, that would have to be a very select group to turn out what is expected from Diamond McNabb auction because you guys do have, I think, a certain expectation out there that people plan on getting this quality when they go there. Also, that internship, that's a bucket list for old folks like myself, too. That sounds so cool. That would be, you know, every every little girl's dream, and I'm sure there are lots of boys out there who would think that would be awesome, too. But, you know, if you have an old person bucket list or old person internship, I bet you'd get a lot of takers there, too. Yeah, you know... We don't actually have an age limit, particularly. Typically, it is the younger people who tend to apply. But interestingly enough, the very last intern that we had here was a 63-year-old guy. Awesome. Who um, <laughs> came out of the Midwest. It was on his bucket list to work on the ranch for a year. So that's what he did. So, yeah, truly, people of all ages can count in the horse world. Wow. That is really neat. What an opportunity. Well, Hannah, can you tell me a little bit about your guys' breeding program? What kind of broodmares do you look for? What types of traits do do you select for? Tell me a little bit about that. So our breeding program has been going as long as the sale has been going. We actually purchased our first broodmare the same day that we purchased our first horse for the sale. So they're of equal duration. And it, I would say we've seen at least as much growth in our breeding program and in our approach to the breeding program as we have in the horse sale program. Our breeding program right now is running 22 broodmares and four breeding stallions here on Diamond Land and Livestock. And then Ken McNabb Horse also has a couple of broodmares and his stud horse. And we set out to breed a versatile, well-rounded cow horse that would be smart enough to learn anything that we needed to teach it and have that innate cowiness. Of course, that makes people who work cows really excited when their horse just <laughs> kind of automatically knows what to do with cows. So that was one thing that we wanted to uh, be sure and include. So we brought in a lot of cow horse bloodlines, names that would be very easily recognizable in the cutting horse world or in the range cow horse world. So a lot of our bloodlines go through those. We also wanted to bring in some older blood, some foundation type of blood. And so one of our breeding stallions, who's a little bit our outcross stallion, if you will, actually has both King and Doc Bar on his papers. Oh, nice. And of course, many, many quarter horses that trace back to those. But we tried to find something that was close enough in the lineage that you still get plenty of that. You know, we actually have King and Doc Bar DNA on our place and in our breeding program, which is really neat. Right. Um, that not an easy thing to find, but we were really, really pleased to be able to bring that in and to add that old foundation type blood to our program as well. That's really impressive. I think the biggest thing that we've been, we've seen growth in, in the last few years of breeding as we've become more and more familiar with our mares and what they produce and our stallions and what they produce, choosing all of our crosses each year. We've tried to breed for smart and also personality. So we're looking ideally for a cult that in both enjoys being around people and is personable, but then is also going to be easy to train. And I do have to say, I've started quite a few of our own colts, and of course I've ridden many, many dozens of horses that we did not breed and raise here. And our colts, I would say, really do show more intelligence through their breeding. And I have some members of my family who will remain nameless, but it's my <laughs> uncle. 
Michael, <laughs> who is not at all convinced that bloodlines made any difference when it comes to horses. And I think we've really seen that that's not the case. I think bloodlines make a huge difference because you can pick your crosses. If you cross a cow horse to a cow horse, you pretty consistently can expect this. Or if you cross a cow horse to a rope horse, you pretty consistently can expect that. And that consistency is incredibly important in any breeding program, but especially a breeding program that has a good number of mares because you don't want some colts to turn out this way and other colts that are completely different. We're looking for consistency, and I think we've really begun to see that come out, especially in the last three years or so of our breeding program. Okay. Do you have plans to, like you were saying earlier, you've got people who take your horses and, you know, can go into the hunter-jumper ring or can go fox hunting or can do, I'm sure, any number of things. Do you have any plans to add thoroughbred lines in there or maybe different sire lines or anything that you're interested in? Or are you guys really happy with the stock that you've got? We've set out to breed something that we on the ranch want to ride. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, what we look for is obviously going to be very, very different than what people in the rodeo circuit look for or people in the English world look for. But if you try to be good at too many things, you probably won't really end up being very good at any of them. Right. And so we've decided to kind of just try to focus on breeding what our original goal was, which is a really good, solid ranch horse. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to try any too crazy outcrosses. Mostly we're sticking with our cow horse lines and our foundation lines in our breeding program. And then we do try to bring in some variety, maybe some appendix registered quarter horses or feed bread or things like that that we purchase and bring through the sale program. But as far as our breeding program goes, we've narrowed down and focused more on the cow horse and ranch horse world. Mm -hmm. But your ranch horses are incredibly versatile, which makes them, like you said, so versatile anyway. So yeah, what you guys have going on sounds pretty great. Yeah, we've been pretty pleased, especially as our breeding program has grown and changed and morphed over the years. We've been really pleased with what we've been able to produce, and I think it just gets better every year. Okay, so Hannah, my next question makes me, I think this would be something hard for me if I was in your shoes. How do you choose which horses stay on the ranch for work and future there? How do you choose who goes to the sale? Because you probably think, man, all of these horses are awesome. Yeah, that is definitely one of our biggest challenges, deciding who is prepared and who is not to go to the sale. As far as our training horse program, once the horses reach maturity, whether it's a horse that we've purchased or a horse that we've raised, then we plan to sell it when we feel that it is ready and it has learned all of the prerequisites, if you will, to going into the Diamonds McNabb horse sale. And so we actually have, at least here on Diamonds ranches, we have a minimums list, we call it. And if we're going to catalog a horse, it needs to meet this standard. And we've actually written down this list of maneuvers and of abilities that he needs to have reached before we catalog him in our Diamonds McNabb catalog for this year's sale. And if he has not reached those minimums, then we try to just hold him back, ride him for a second year, and sell him through the next year's sale. And that is the nice thing about having a program that goes on through multiple years. If a horse isn't ready one year, hey, we can just ride him a second year. And the other consideration, too, I have to confess, is if we sell all of our horses, all of our good riding horses in one sale, then the day after the sale, we all look at each other and go, now what? Now who do we ride? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we sold everything that's 
good and usable. So we try to keep a couple of our really good using horses back, especially the younger ones, and put that second ear on them. And sometimes that second ear makes all the difference in the world. The horse goes from a good individual, but maybe average, to an outstanding. Typically, the horses that we've ridden multiple years are the ones that we have the most enthusiasm for when it does come time to sell them. So is the goal for all of your stock eventually to utilize them in your, your selling and your auction? Yes. We basically, everything that we have on the ranch will eventually sell. The only staple, of course, our broodmares stay, unless there's some reason that they would need to sell, and all of our galleons stay. But all of our production stock, everything that we've bred and raised here, will eventually sell, unless we find sometimes we keep a couple of our own fillies to breed or that type of thing. But we also have a string of permanent ranch horses that we just keep year after year after year. Of course, most of them are in their teens now, but then we have something when guests come, something reliable that we can ride. And like I said, that day after the sale when we still have our work <laughs> to do, but we don't have our horses anymore. So we do try to keep a few horses around as permanent ranch horses, but that is one of the things that we've had to be the most disciplined about. Sometimes we will have a couple horses each year that we're really attached to, and our crew is attached to, and the riders are attached to, and he's a great fit for the ranch and we all look at each other and we say, oh, but couldn't we just keep this one? Couldn't we not sell him to keep us and our program so well? And we've had to be really disciplined and say, yes, but that's what Diamond's Meet Nav is all about. Mm-hmm. My dad came up with a tagline, which we didn't end up adopting, but I think it's a pretty good representation for what we tried to do here. He wanted to make it Diamond's Meet Nab. We don't sell them, so we don't want to. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the bar that we try to set. Of course, not. we don't always, always meet that. But we try not to sell them until we don't want to sell them. When they're good enough that we'd rather keep them that's probably when they're hitting that point where they're going to be the most useful and bless their next owner the most because they've reached that stage where they really become a special individual. I like that. I do. Your guys' tagline, isn't it saddle a gem from Wyoming or something like that? I think it's just beautiful. I love it. Yes. And that, of course, was a playoff of Diamond, the person who came up with that when we were first putting our catalog together almost 10 years ago. was like, you guys are Diamond, right? And so you know, out in the middle of Wyoming, it's like a diamond in the rough. I like that. I've got another question for you because in reading your testimonials on your website and some other things I have read through as well, it seems like you guys are very good about matching your horses to homes, to forever homes and happy people. How do you do that? You have a lot of horses to try to like individually match with a rider or a home. That's a huge task. You know, I would say the number one biggest thing is many, many hours on the phone with people who are coming to the sale looking for a horse to buy. Each year, we have one or two designated people to take phone calls, and I'm typically one of them, so I this happens to be an area that I've experienced several years in a row now. And we try to have the people who answer our phone, if possible, be trainers. So our trainers are familiar enough with all of the horses in our program that they know if somebody is describing they need a horse that's solid enough for a beginner, very smooth, and of a certain height, the right horse typically will come to mind. And otherwise, it's a a lot of talking through with people. What are your goals in purchasing a horse? What are the most important qualities to you? And then we have the knowledge of our own horses that we can make recommendations. And then ultimately, I do have to, of course, give a lot of credit to our buyers because they really do their homework. And that makes a big, big difference. We post our YouTube videos. We make sure to have as many pictures as possible. We try to make as, as descriptive a bio for each horse as possible so that people know exactly what they're getting when they're looking at this horse. And if it's not a good fit, for them, um, 
most people are pretty pretty able to look at a horse and say, you know, I love his color and his height, but judging by the description in the video, I don't think he's the best fit for me. Who else would there be that you'd recommend? And so people doing their homework before coming to buy from us really say, I can, cannot commend them enough for the time that they spend being sure that the horse that they are buying is going to work for them before they take it home. So talk a little bit about who your buyers are. Are they big names in the horse world? Are they ranchers? Are they everyday riders? Who comes all the way to Wyoming to choose a horse they probably have talked over the phone with you about, but you know, it's not like they went and rode a couple times and made a decision on that because they live an hour away. Who are your buyers? <laughs> Our buyers are absolutely as diverse a crowd as you can imagine. We have had people come to buy from us who intend to go on to show their horses, but for the most part, I would say it's the everyday rider or the weekend rider. Maybe that's more descriptive. Mostly it's people who are looking for a horse that has had a solid foundation and will carry them on whatever their adventure may be, even if it's once a week or sometimes once a month. And I could tell you many funny stories of different people that I have chatted with for the sale or during the sale, but one such story that comes to mind that just made us all laugh, there was a gentleman that purchased a horse from us a couple of years ago, and he came to us afterwards, and he was so excited about this horse he had just bought, and judging from his description and the rider's description, they should be a perfect match. And he laughed, and he said, I got to go buy a saddle. I got to go build a barn. I got to go buy a horse trailer. He doesn't. He didn't have any tasks. He had never owned a horse before. His property was not even set up for a horse yet, but he found the horse in his dreams, and so he bought it. Um, and that just made me laugh because that's truly as diverse as our buyers can be. We sold um, quite a few horses to a lady who has become a good friend of ours from Pennsylvania, who have gone on to be fox hunters out in Pennsylvania. We've sold horses to trail riders in Washington State. We've sold horses that have gone on to do cow horse events in Wisconsin and Michigan. I mean, truly, the horses from them and McNabs have gone on to every walk of life. That is wonderful. And that's what you create them for. That's your goal in, in creating the ideal ranch horses to make that useful all-around horse, it sounds like. Yeah, as much as possible. That's why we try to do, expose our horses to as many different things as possible during their time here so that they can be as prepared as possible for the next person. Because you truly never know what your horse that maybe I'm riding this horse for this year. But by this time next year, he's going to have a completely different life. So it's my job as the trainer to get him a well prepared for that as possible. We've also, just to list off a few other funny things, we've had horses go on to be police horses, and of course going through the police training can be pretty rigorous sometimes. Sure. Lots of horses go on to be drill team horses. Some horses go on to be, of course, ranch horses or rope horses. And I think last year there was a gentleman that purchased a horse from us who, I'm not quite sure what you, what you call it, you go on, he went on to be a, a sheep herder's horse, but they oh. don't rope their sheep, they use like a, a shepherd's that from the horse. Similar to a rope, only of course it's a long pole with a hook on the end and they're, they're chasing sheep around. So that just made me chuckle. Um, you know, if you've got your horse to track cows and to rope cows, I suppose we could go on to chase sheep and to hook sheep with a hook or uh, sheep staff. Apparently but, so. <laughs> we've certainly never tried that here before. Yeah, it sounds like just about anybody doing just about anything. So our list 
just keeps growing each year of what the horses go on to do. And I believe we've sold to 48 or 49 states out of the 50, and that does include Alaska. I'm not <laughs> sure which states are missing, but I know we've sold horses to Alaska, in New York State, in Florida, in California, so truly coast to coast. That doesn't surprise me. Knowing the quality that comes from you guys, it just doesn't surprise me one bit. So now, do you find, Hannah, I believe you guys have the day before your auction kind of a ride them and try them day. Do most of your buyers come on that day to really see what your stock is? Or do they say, you know what, I talked to these people, I know what I want, I'm going to come and buy that horse? We encourage people as much as possible to come the day before the sale. And the way that we run the day before the sale is going to be more laid back. We're going to have more time to be able to talk with you and describe the horse to you and show you the horse the day before the sale than we are on sale day. Sale day, we have a very strict schedule that we have to keep to if we're going to get through all of those horses in one day. But the day before is more laid back. We have more time to hang around and to chat with people and do our very best to be sure that the horses that they are looking at purchasing the next day are going to be good fits for them. We have a kind of an informal preview on Friday, the day before the sale, where we will ride the horse, um, show you whatever you want to see. Unfortunately, over sale weekends, we can't allow people to ride the horses simply because of the logistics. We have 100 horses or so in the building and usually we'll have four or five hundred people maybe, including our staff and volunteers. Sure. And so to try to facilitate all of that, we've just decided that's not that's not a very safe or sane thing for us to try to do on sale weekends. But that Friday we will try our very best to show you whatever you need to see if you want to see. Some people need a very particular gait if they have a back injury or something like that. Oh, sure. So we try to be able to show them all of their paces and all of that good stuff. And if you want to ride one of the horses beforehand, we do make that available for folks who are able to come maybe two weeks in advance of the sale. Mm-hmm. If they want to come out, look through all of the horses we have here, kind of narrow down their options so that sale weekends, they can just come and enjoy and relax and not be trying to make those last minute decisions. That makes a lot of sense. You're absolutely right. That would be chaos with all of those people saying, well, but I want to ride that one and I want to ride that one. Yeah, it's a good sized barn, but definitely not big enough to accommodate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that would that would be a little bit of chaos, I would think. So, Hannah, tell me a little bit about ranch life because, you know, to this Iowa girl, it sounds like heaven. You have these beautiful mountains and hills and you get to ride your pony all day. I know there's a lot more to ranch life than that. There's a lot of work that goes into that. But can you talk a little bit about what you do? Yeah, the beauty of ranching and probably the most appeal to those of us who work full-time in the industry is the variety. None of the same thing day in and out, constantly changing on you. But that also is definitely the biggest challenge of being a ranch girl or, of course, a ranch guy. Mm-hmm. If there's only so much stability in what you do each day and it can change in absolutely a moment's notice. But basically, I think the best way to describe ranch life is to just talk about seasons. And of course, during the winter, believe it or not, that's our best riding and training time because there's not a whole lot else going on on the ranch that requires our attention. We're able to turn our attention to our training horses, to our colts that we're starting, to our young horses, to our project horses and uh, of course mainly to the horses that we'll be selling in June. We spend a lot of time in 
arena during the winter, preparing them for springtime and for the sale. And then come late winter, early spring, which in Wyoming, spring doesn't really start till at least April. We still get lots of snow in April, but late winter, early spring, we start our calving, and that is a huge project as far as the range is concerned. And a lot of that we actually have to do on foot because the checking through the cows multiple times a day, usually every couple of hours, including through the night, we end up doing most of that either on foot or in a truck or in a small pasture where we can keep an eye on the cows. But the time that the horses come in, every couple of days, we need to go out and we need to pair up the mother cow with her new baby. And once the calf is tagged so that he can be identified with his mother, we move the newborns into a nursery pasture, which is adjacent to our calving pasture. Then all of the cows that are in the calving pasture are ones that have not calved. We know those are the ones to keep an eye on. And all of the new mothers and their new babies are in the next door pasture where we can attend to their different needs. So all of that is done horseback, trailing out, finding a mother, pairing her up with her baby, and then very, very slowly trailing them one by one to the nursery pasture. And that really teaches your horse a lot of patience because he has to walk at the pace of a newborn calf. And that's really slow. <laughs> sure. So that's kind of our springtime, big springtime riding. Then later on in the spring, once the calves are a little bit bigger, we have our branding season. And that is, as far as our crew is concerned, that is one of our favorite seasons. Finally, feeling like spring is on the way and we're not in the dead of winter anymore. <laughs> and there's nothing as wild as a good old-fashioned ranch branding. <laughs> and so obviously horses are the key to that. We don't use a calf table or anything. We do it the old-fashioned, you know, go in the pen, rope your calf, bring him out, get him vaccinated, castrate him, administer any medications that we need to administer. And obviously the horses are the key to that. And that teaches them a whole different set of skills, namely lots and lots of gathering and then of course roping and holding the calf and being able to keep their head through the utter chaos of a ranch branding. Then, of course, we hit May, and for the month of May, it's crazy here because we are down to our last few weeks before the sale. So we have, not only are we riding our horses and still preparing them and keeping them nice and tuned up to the last minute, but of course, we have all of the setup here at the ranch, all of the spring cleanup time. It's actually a great excuse for us to get our spring cleaning done. And of course, lots and lots of interacting with our customers so that they are as prepared as possible also for the sale. And of course, the sale is held the first Saturday. Saturday each June. Then after the sale, <laughs> we are allowed to have one day off. Monday <laughs> after the sale is the ranch crew's day off, and we don't even take Christmas off. So that's our that's our one day off, and that's always deeply appreciated. <laughs> and then Tuesday after the sale, life starts over again, and our next round of horses, we get them going and start our summer routine, which is to take all of our running cows up to the mountain, which is a beautiful, beautiful ride, beautiful scenery, really rough terrain, and the vast numbers of hours that we spend riding during the summer will use the foundation that will carry your horses through their later training season when we have time to actually take them to the arena and teach them maneuvers. And then fall is probably my personal favorite. Fall in Wyoming is just beautiful. We still have good weather, but you get the colors changing and being in central Wyoming, we have a huge population of Rocky Mountain elk. And so in the fall, the elk start to bugle and we know it's time to go up and find our cows and to bring them down to the lower pastures. So again, just vast numbers of hours and days out spent in the big wide open looking for cows. Usually during the course of the summer, they really spread out and so we're riding. Usually not only our own mountain pasture, but also lots of times our cows skip over to this neighbor's pasture or that pasture over there. So lots and lots of just searching for cows. And then we are back to winter time when we get all of our 
out and we have to break them. We get our two-year-old started and get our training projects out, kind of go back to having a little bit more focused training time again. So that's a darn busy year, but it just sounds lovely. Lovely hard work with wonderful people and horses and you were saying the mountains and the scenery and everything. Oh, what a life. Yes, I'm pretty partial to it. And of course, you mentioned the people and that's really, that's what keeps each of us individually stapled here. None of us can seem to leave because we love the lifestyle. We love the scenery. We love the horses, but truly as a team, we are really strong together. We have some of the most amazing people in the world working for us. And fortunately, I happen to be related to quite a few of them. <laughs> My sisters all ride horses for the sale and I have five sisters <laughs> and three brothers and they each ride horses for the sale. And my husband works full-time on the ranch. He's the ranch foreman. My grandparents own Diamond Land and Livestock, and so they're the kind of the general managers. And my parents live on the ranch. And then just some wonderful, wonderful people who have common goals, common beliefs, lots of common ground with us that we just could not be more grateful for. Pulling alongside of us and year after year after year making this Diamond Big Nab crazy thing go. <laughs> that is great. That's really a gift to have people with your same view. You know, like you said, pulling in the same direction, same goals, and encouraging you along as you go too. That is a wonderful gift. Yeah, it's been a huge blessing over the years, um, more than anything else, getting to know all of the different people involved in Diamond McNabb. And that, of course, includes the McNabb family, and that includes my family, but that includes all of our writers, that includes every person that has ever trained or ridden on this place. And also, honestly, that includes all of our customers, all the many, many people that I get to talk to leading up to the sale. We've really made some neat relationships and neat friendships through Diamonds McNabb. Whether you're a buyer or a trainer or a staple here on the ranch, those relationships have really become special to us. Okay, so who should come and buy horses at Diamond McNabb? It sounds like pretty darn well everybody. <laughs> you know, we kind of do have a horse for every rider for the most part. If you're looking for a horse that has a solid foundation, that has a good mind to ride outside, has a basic education through all of the Western basics in any case in an arena and a horse that is pleasant and well-mannered to be around. That's what Diamond McNabb is trying to produce. That's what we spend year after year, hours and hours of training time and riding time trying to achieve that goal of a pleasant, nice-to-be-around, well-rounded individual that can go on to do whatever your adventure is. Excellent. I love it. Well, Hannah, do you have any stories to share? Anything you didn't get to share that you would like to share? Unfortunately, nothing particular comes to mind. I'm sure there are probably many things <laughs> that I could add. There's nothing else that I can think of right now. Is there anything else that you feel like I didn't quite answer the question that you asked or I got too much on a bunny trail here or there? <laughs> no, I think it was all excellent. And I know you guys have a lovely website that you can go and get introduced to the stock that you have and learn a little bit more about, you know, why you guys do what you do and how you do it. I've scrolled through there many times. You know, it's my Christmas list every year. And so anyway, thank you very much for sharing, Hannah. And I hope to be able to chat with you guys again sometime. This is just lovely. And I hope you guys have a wonderful sale this year. I know it's six months away, but time just flies by. I'm sure it'll be here in no time. It really does. We're already feeling like, oh my gosh, it's just around the corner. We got to hurry up and get ready. But yeah, the last three months are the biggest push up to the sale. But truly, it is the last six months that, you know, if we can execute these last six months well, we'll be doing well. But we have a great lineup 
of horses for this year that I'm really excited about. More and more of our home-raised horses are hitting that mature age where we're ready to sell them. And, of course, that's always really exciting. And, of course, we just have a fantastic crew working together every day to get us ready for sale 2018. Now, when does your online booklet come out when you've got your bios of your horses and your video and all of that? We actually start the publishing process in February. Okay. The catalog is not printed and available until maybe the first few days of May, very early in May. The website we try to put up as we're, the website will be up actually before the printed catalog is available. And of course, the website has much more material available on it. We can put multiple pictures and videos on the website that obviously we can in the catalog. And the website, we will usually get up and running maybe mid-March, early April. And as soon as we can get the materials from each of the riders, actually each of the riders writes their own description for their horse. And then you're very familiar with the editing process. The, <laughs> the videos <laughs> really take us a lot of time to put together. We put a lot of man hours into that. But we try to have those available as early as possible so that those who are ready and eager to shop can start doing that mid-March, early April or so. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll be looking forward to getting our catalog and to snooping around on the website a little bit before that. So best of luck, Hannah. Thank you again for your time. I really do appreciate that. And thank you for producing excellent horses out there. I've heard many sayings, you know, about the best gift you can give a horse is a solid foundation because they're guaranteed a good, long, happy life if that's what they've got. So well done, Diamond McNabb. Thank you very much. And thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Today. You bet, Hannah. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Hannah, for giving us a look into what it takes to produce the kind of stock Diamond McNabb is known for. If you have further questions, you can check out Diamond McNabb's website at dmhorses.com or follow them on Facebook at Diamond McNabb Ranch Horses. Diamond McNabb has a lot to offer, so keep your eye out for the sale catalog in early spring. Thanks again to Hannah. Thank you for listening to the Horse Cure Podcast, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. You can find more information at thehorsecure.com and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.